0: I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler, with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group, Lavazza, and American National Insurance. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Riazul Tequila, referred to as one of the best sipping tequilas on the market. It comes from the highlands of Jalisco, 7,200 feet above sea level. Riazul's agave has a higher sugar content, lending itself to a sweeter taste profile. If you are looking for a true sipping tequila with extraordinary depth after being aged two years in a cognac barrel, you'll have to try Rizul Tequila. Cheers, everyone. To Dine for the Podcast is brought to you by Lavazza. Four generations of the Lavazza family have been working to perfect the art of blending coffee since 1895 with a devotion to making coffee moments special. Signature blend Lavazza Classico, with its intensely rich flavor and sweet aromatic notes, is a celebration of the Italian way of life in every cup, and is available any way you brew your coffee. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American Nationals philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. Welcome to To Dine For The Podcast, where we meet the world's most creative and innovative
1: minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Clea Newman. I think when dad started camp, he thought it was gonna create this momentary time of joy for these kids. And what we're finding is that that joy and that extraordinary moments are actually extending into adulthood. That is Clea
0: Newman, the youngest daughter of legendary actor Paul Newman, a fascinating and complicated man with an incredible career and a tremendous legacy of philanthropy. In fact, Clea now runs his organizations that have been going on for decades. It's called Serious Fun, and it involves camps that give back to children with disabilities and life-threatening illnesses. Her work is so important, and I know it is a personal passion project of hers. I can't wait for you to hear the conversation with Clea Newman. Clea, how are you? I'm good. It is so good to see you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on to Dine for the podcast. Oh, I'm
1: totally, I'm so psyched for it. It's, this has actually been really fun for me to, like, re-prep.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because you and I had an amazing conversation in Chicago, when the book about your dad came out and I believe it was in December and you know, you are really a natural. We didn't prep. You didn't ask me what I was going to, you didn't say to me, like so many people do, what are you going to ask me? You know, that is, that's, I get that from almost every guest. And I say, you know, If you're about to have lunch with someone, do you ask them what they're going to ask you? No, you just let a conversation happen with all of its foibles, right? And I can tell that you can do that in spades. So thank you. Thank you for your lack of preparation.
1: No, no, no. But, you know, to be able to, you know, when you're you're talking about a lot of different things, it's good to be able to like hone into the important stuff. Yes. You know, that you want to talk about. And I just I haven't done that in a little bit because I've been doing the book stuff. So
0: I usually start the podcast by asking someone their favorite restaurant, wherever that is. Mm-hmm. You live you live in Connecticut, so it's quite possible you might choose a restaurant close to where you live, or you live within striking distance of New York City. So you might take me somewhere in that city, but you're also a a vast traveler. So I'm really curious if you could take me to one restaurant and only one, where would you take me?
1: So, Ed, you're right. It's actually very difficult for me to choose, frankly, because my husband is a total foodie. So he's, yeah, so he's really expanded my outlook on food. I mean, I'm kind of like eat a chopped salad. I'm pretty... Boring, really. <laughs> it was when we first met. Uh, you know, I have a ton of really wonderful restaurants where I, I know the families. But my new favorite, I think, is a very small restaurant. It's tiny and it's been open for a while, but I just haven't been there that often. It's called The Cottage. The Cottage. And where is it? It's in Westport. It's in my okay. hometown. And it's funny because I was thinking about places in California and, you know, I have favorite restaurants in New York and all over Connecticut, but the cottage is kind of my new favorite mostly because their menu is very unusual. Really? How so? It's very farm to table. So Uh it's very kind of what's healthy to eat now. And they just have a lot of creative choices. And so I, I'm trying to open my eyes to new stuff. And because I love their food so much, I actually risk eating things that I maybe normally wouldn't like there. Yeah, And and my dad used to always say that you know a restaurant is really top-notch when you can go and order something on the menu that you normally don't like and it'll be so good that you like it. Ooh, and that's the cottage. And that's my test, yeah. I love it. Well, and the other kind of fun thing fun fact is that it's actually right across the parking lot from my family's home office. Hmm. So, you know, every time I park there I have warm fuzzy feelings. So
0: and, and isn't it nice to support a local restaurant? Restaurants are so hard. It's such a tough business. It is. And, oh, oh, it's brutal, right? But so if there's a place the that, the fact that loved, they
1: survived through COVID is
0: Exactly. they they survived through COVID. They're local. You, and they, they delicious farm to table food isn't cheap. It's hard to, to create innovative dishes. And the fact that they're local and it's a place that you can support, you know, it creates community. It
1: really does. Yeah. And I love it too, because all the staff all the way, they're so knowledgeable the woman who helps me choose wine. And like, I I mean, they're just so knowledgeable and they're really thoughtful and they're painfully patient. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, in Harry met Sally, I'm like, Sally, I'm like, can I have this? And then can I have a little of that? And then my, you know, all my friends, she likes it the way she likes it. Oh, I mean, they're just like, Oh God, help me. So
0: here she comes. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to start this conversation because in a way that I didn't expect to, but right behind your head is a sign that says, raise a little hell Yeah. and it's
1: directly over your head. What does raise a little hell mean to you? So I know it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a tricky thing right in the world today, but it was basically what my father wanted to do when he created our first camp in Connecticut for children living with uh, serious illnesses. And he wanted them to give them a chance to get back to being kids and raise a little, raise a little help. You know, I've I've had on, on leather jackets. I mean, I, it's kind of a slightly naughty statement in some ways, but it, it totally represents what we want to be able to do is give our kids a chance to just be kids and not be afraid to try new things and just live life to the fullest.
0: The camps, which encompass 30 camps, are called Serious Fun, for those that don't know. Serious Fun Children's Network. Yes. And I'm curious, where do you think the idea came from and why did your father the late, great Paul Newman, want to do it in that way, meaning he had money that he could spend in any way, and he chose something very specific. There had to have been a reason. What do you think or what did he share with you as to why that was the direction he chose to
1: extend his philanthropic efforts towards? There's a couple of different reasons, and I think they kind of all came together in one nut to create camp, so to speak. I think you know, we've all heard he felt lucky in life for numerous different reasons. He felt very strongly about giving kids, whether it was education or, I mean, he he very strongly about children and giving them health and you know eating well through Newman's Own and like all these other things. But when it came to camp, I think it really came down to we had a very close friend of the family who got cancer. That My father and he were close. They were roughly the same age. They were in their 50s, late 50s, maybe. And he was treated in a local hospital back in those days, right? There are no pediatric wings. And so dad would go to visit him and he would walk down the hallway and he would see a little four-year-old with leukemia being treated next to an elderly gentleman for prostate cancer and whatever. And Bruce was kind of at the end of the hallway, and he talked to all these parents about how hard this journey was for them and their kids Mm. and how it was robbing their child because they were stuck in treatment and hospitals over their childhood. Mm. And he couldn't bear it. And I think he took that away with him and said, what kind of environment can I create that will give these kids a chance to be kids again? Mm. And for him, camp was an incredible experience. It was a way for him to be independent and, you know, get away from all the complexities of his own childhood. And it was kind of, the, in his mind, the perfect place and create a sense of community. He just loved it. And so when he went to start our first camp, everybody kept saying to him, what does a movie star know about starting a camp for children living with serious illnesses? And he said, you know what, I don't know, but I'm gonna surround myself with everybody who can help me make this the best place possible and we're going to do it as fast as we can. Mm, And what is most surprising is that he found the property in Connecticut. And within 18 months, there was nothing on this property, not a road, no electricity, nothing except for a beautiful pond and beautiful land. And in 18 months, he built 52 buildings, I think. Wow. 18 months. That's incredible. When was the last time you tried to redo your <laughs> bathroom? Yeah, exactly. Eighteen months, and we were serving kids. That's amazing. Had medical there, everything, everything ready, and we were serving kids.
0: So he not only did he was he have a spark of inspiration, but when he decided to do this, he he acted swiftly in getting the land,
1: creating it, and launching it. It was a speedy venture. Yeah, I mean he. Well, it's surprisingly there were so many things happening at once. Yes, you know, creating the programs, getting the medical presence, trying to streamline things. But what's extraordinary is that he was able to do it all at once. Yeah. I mean, which is really hard, and still work and you know do all the other things he was doing. Of course, my mom was a huge part of it, as were the rest of the family. But it you know, but it was an endeavor. And what's extraordinary now, as you said, is that in 35 years, we have now grown to 30 camps and programs all over the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, last year, we served 175,000 children and their families, most important, all free of charge.
0: We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. A lot can happen in three years, like
1: a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. To Dine for the Podcast is brought to you by Riazul Tequila, referred to as one of the best sipping tequilas on the market. It comes from the highlands of Jalisco, 7,200 feet above sea level. Riazul's agave has a higher sugar content, lending itself to a sweeter taste profile. If you are looking for a true sipping tequila with extraordinary depth after being aged two years in a cognac barrel, you'll have to try Riazul tequila. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. What is the prerequisite to apply to be a camper at Serious
1: Fun. It's interesting. So that it's usually partially as like how kids find out, partially word of mouth, partially from their doctors, medical professionals. Many of our kids have cancer, neurological disorders, blood disorders, immunology, genetic disorders, gastrointestinal. We serve the most rare illnesses What's unusual about our program is that, first and foremost, we are the biggest medical specialty camp network in the world. Wow! We're not the, we're not the only ones who do what we do, but we're the biggest. And we have the one of the highest medical presence so we can serve the most complex kids. Much of the time, we serve kids that cannot be served anywhere else. And what does that entail?
0: Can you talk me through just the logistics and how difficult that is? How many medical professionals do you have on site? What is that like knowing that you could have any combination of factors, illnesses, issues
1: every summer? And, w- and what does it look like like as far as staffing that? Well, we have full-time staff. We have full-time medical uh, doctors. We usually have at least two specialists doctors at camp at all times we have numerous other doctors there many who are volunteers we have nurses we have volunteer nurses we have you know social workers for mental wellness i mean mm-hmm. it's it's an incredibly huge endeavor last year we had 18,400 volunteers and wow. many more medical specialists it's a huge undertaking and every session is slightly different. We have some sessions that have many different illnesses. We also have some smaller sessions like family weekends. And because most of our camps run almost year round. So we do all different kinds of programming. So it's not kind of one size fits all, which when you think about the complexity of just managing all of that, yes. it's pretty daunting, and it, i'm I'm always mesmerized by our medical professionals and our program staff because they're so ingenious in how they create our programs.
0: Do the kids come overnight? Do they
1: come for a week? What is the typical camp, like length? Well, that's another. They're all different lengths. They go from a week. Some of them are long weekends. Some are family weekends where they are like four days, three days. We also do hospital outreach programs where we go to the hospitals and bring camp to the hospitals. We're piloting some different programs where we actually have kind of one-day programs, which are continuing to have kind of a touch point with our current campers and with introducing it to new campers. You know, when we first started, it was just during the summer. All of our camp sessions were 10 days long. It like, you know, it it was easy to kind of just rattle it all off, but it's, We really want to create the programs that the kids need and the families need. Mm -hmm. So we kind of have all different types so that it works for all of our families and all of our campers.
0: What does it mean to you personally to see your father's work continue and to really shepherd his legacy of what he wanted done and seen and happened to these children. What is it like to live this
1: every day and how have you changed as being a part of it? Well, I'll start with the last part. So my running joke is that I started working at in the Wall actually in the very, very beginning. And then I stepped away from it for many years. I mean, I was still involved with all of our camps and stuff like that, but I, I worked at other organizations. But in the beginning, the first time I volunteered as a counselor, I always say that I drove into camp, a spoiled brag, and I left 10 days later, a totally changed person. Mm. It's going to make me cry. How? You know, you spend 10 days with kids who are really struggling. And, you know, in those days, we were serving mainly children with cancer and blood related diseases. And frankly, the treatment... Back in those days, was like bordering on barbaric. I, I mean, for kids, because it sure. was it was so long. I mean, our kids' lifespan was not terribly long, and it mm-hmm. you know it just it made you realize how absurd anything you thought was a problem. I mean, when I was in my early twenties, how absurd whatever I was worried about was, mm-hmm. and I drove out just realizing like. I needed to change my whole perspective on how I was living my life.
0: Mm. And it
1: really did. You know, I learned more from being at camp from 10 days than I probably did, you know, in all of my years in in college, which I'm embarrassed to say. But I mean, just (laughs) in being what I wanted to do with my life, how I wanted to live my life. And it just, it was incredibly eye-opening. You know, Dad always said you go to camp because you want as a volunteer, as a medical professional, because you want to help these kids and families, right? And you walk out of camp realizing that if you gave a hundred percent, you got back a hundred and eighty
0: right? The essence of serving others really puts everything in perspective and you end up being the one who receives, right? You end up being the one, if you're willing to put yourself out there, you're the one who ends up receiving. What is your current title per se with Serious Fun? So I'm ambassador for our network of camps. And this is work that you will continue, I imagine, every living day on earth. (laughs) because it is so meaningful to you. You know, I want to revisit, because I remember when we were talking about your dad and about his childhood, his difficult childhood, especially his relationship with his mother. Do you think there was any aspect of this camp that he realized that he missed out on
1: having some serious fun as a child? I think that's why it was so meaningful to him. You know, and I think that, camp for him was so freeing and i think that that when he realized what he wanted to do that this was kind of the perfect outlet for him i mean in his mind for our kids and their families because it takes you to a special place where you're being told yes that you can do these things, that you're included, that you have this amazing loving community surrounding you, telling you, yes, you can do this. It gives you self-confidence. And that's what Camp did for my father, mm. you know, all those years ago. And he wanted to be able to to create that environment for for our kids and, and families. And it's amazing. We did, and I'm going to look up the name of it. We did this study in 2020. With the American Institute for Research, that are known as AIR. And we interviewed 2,000 of our alumni from 17 to 30. And what I think is the most interesting to me is that I think when dad started camp, he thought it was going to create this momentary time of joy for these kids. And what we're finding is that that joy, and that's extraordinary moments are actually extending into adulthood. Mm. And this is the most amazing, and I apologize for reading it. So our alumni campers reported that our Serious Fun camp experience was influential in their development of lasting outcomes, with the most notable being their willingness to try new things, appreciation of diversity, self-identity. Empathy and compassion, self confidence, perseverance, and friendship skills. Wow, that's a lot, right? That is really impactful. Well, it's incredibly impactful. And when you think about what our kids, typical kids, right, are, are dealing with right now, and then you lump on a life threatening illness, and you're now creating this environment where these kinds of outcomes. Are happening for those kids, you think to yourself, God, that's so much more than we expected. And that's the stuff that really gets to me. You know, just typical kids are dealing with all these issues. And then you lump a serious illness into it.
0: Everyone knows that stress has such a negative impact on our health, just period, right? But imagine also having a life-threatening illness, and the stress that just comes with the day-to-day. And there is no escape because your parents are stressed and they're worried about money and they're worried about the future and what it holds or what it doesn't hold. And how it affects the siblings too. And the siblings. And then the ability to provide an escape and a chance for real joy and a real happiness. You can absolutely see how that can have a long-term impact, not only on whether they get well, but just their quality
1: of life moving forward. Moving forward. Yeah. And because we found that the family sessions, and we also have like sibling sessions and bereavement sessions, and we found that it is also so helpful to the siblings, to the families, to the parents, because we have so many ways of of the community enveloping the whole family. The outcome for the whole family is so significant. And that's a pretty amazing impact. We've yeah. served over 1,750,000 kids and families since we started.
0: Wow. So for your dad, it wasn't just about witnessing those sick children in the hospital and, and giving them an escape and a place of joy and a, and a wonderful memory and all that. It was also healing a part of himself who... Went through a difficult childhood, and perhaps was starved for some serious fun
1: and the ability to raise a little hell at times. Well, I'll tell you, he dad was certainly a big kid at heart. I mean, (laughs) one of my finest memories was seeing dad at our camps, at any of our camps, and hanging out with the kids. I mean, he just, you know, it (laughs) it was such a treat, and he just loved. Getting down on the ground and like hanging out with the kids and eating with them and getting into food fights and <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was really nice.
0: Yeah. What do you need, and what does Serious Fun need for those that are listening? How can we help you? Is there a way that my community at To Dine For could help Serious Fun in any way?
1: A couple of things, but but one of them, which I think is incredibly important and i know that your community is probably very thoughtful about this stuff you know we at, at camp we're creating this beautiful inclusive loving environment and i think that it's the reentry for our campers and their families is sometimes hard in the real world right because sometimes it's not that loving inclusive environment absolutely and so that that would be my first wish right mm-hmm. is like welcome our kids and their families back into, you know, into a loving environment, right? And the second is is go look up seriousfund.org. All of our children and their families come to camp for all free of charge. All of our camps, they're located all, we have nine in the U.S., five in Europe, one in Israel, one in Japan. And then we have partner programs where we partner with other NGOs on the ground in India and Africa in Latin America and, um, you know, check out what we're doing because it's pretty cutting edge. One of the most important things, I think, for our camps was the fact that dad always wanted us to be current, that he wanted us to be cutting edge, that he didn't want us to kind of sit on our laurels and be like, oh, well, we're doing this nice thing over here. He wanted us to push ourselves, always serving our kids in the safest, best way. But he wanted us to push ourselves. And so we're looking into a lot of new, innovative things. Of course, mental wellness is, is at the top of the heap. But, you know, check out what we're doing because it's, it's incredibly meaningful. The more that the study is starting to sink in, the more I realize that our serious fun camps are not just a nice to have, they're a must have for our kids.
0: Thank you, Clea. It has been so nice to see you today and to hear a little, bit, a little bit more about serious fun because it is so fascinating and so impactful. I'm hoping that you have a wonderful summer. Do you have any
1: plans to raise a little hell? Uh, actually, <laughs> we, my husband and I are actually going to do a little traveling, which is <laughs> nice. Which is, which is really nice, you know, together. So it's going to be awesome. I hope you're doing the same. We are. We are indeed. Where are you headed on your trips? Uh, we're going to Europe for one trip, we're going to California for another trip, and then we're going out to Colorado.
0: Beautiful. Well, enjoy,
1: and thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. It was so good seeing you.
0: Thanks for listening to To Dine For the podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to, to com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv TV and Facebook at To Dine For with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National, Lavazza, and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Goldner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon.
1: Hold up.